and she talks. This is Kiss and Tell Radio. Hello, hello, friends and family around the world. This is another episode of Kiss and Tell Radio. And guess what? You're not about to hear Char says so. Kinjay. That's me. Say hi to our friends out there. Hi, guys. So, hi. hi. Um, so you may ne- recognize Kendall um, from before. He did a previous episode with Char when I was actually out in New York doing Kiss and Tell Live New York. Um, so he is back with a vengeance to talk about some issues and some topics. Kendall, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me back. Of course. Glad to be back. Thanks we for being back. Some hot topics. Some I'm... hot topics. And hot tea I'm drinking. I'm drinking some um, positivity tea. Oh. Yeah. We need some with these topics. Hello. With just <laughs> life in general. Like, I need some positivity today because it has been a complete Aren't shit show. All of our day is very trying. Mm-hmm. This one in particular was a little bit... They tried a little harder. Yeah. Like, the little engine that could, but, yeah. like, did. Then, <laughs> it did. Mm-hmm. Right. But we persevere. We persevere all day, every day. (laughs) Um, So, actually, it was funny. On the way here, we were talking about um, Aaliyah's death to, like, (laughs) that's a little morbid as hell. But, like, we were kind of talking about, like, how we used to operate younger and, like, our screen names. So, Kendall, what was your, your, remember AIM? Jace had this brilliant idea of opening up the show with our AIM screen names to embarrass (laughs) me because I shared mine with him. Um, so you want me to go first? Go first. Mine was Whitney Lover 888. And, um, so that people wouldn't call me gay or question my masculinity, (laughs) I would defend it by saying that it was Whitney from Passions, which was the soap opera on NBC. Don't know how that defended my masculinity at all. Instead of Whitney Houston. But in, in reality, it was really Whitney, although I did love Whitney from Passions. But yeah. You were the queen of the night. <laughs> and it's okay. When you're five years old, I mean, we all... I've always loved Whitney Houston. Before, all... I, before I ever identified as anything or, or, or liked men, I've always liked Whitney Houston. Amen. That's it. What was yours, Jace? Um, my original... So my original email... So the reason why it came up is because Aaliyah was like my crush growing up. So, like, you know, when you had those little, like, those fan bop uh, magazines that yes. were, like, colorful. So, I had the Leah poster, da-da-da, but then Leah passed away, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, so, after I was, you know, done grieving about that. Dedicated your name to Aaliyah. I, de- I was dedicated. Like, tattooed <laughs> on my lower back. Like, it was like, amazing. <laughs> um, you were Drake before Drake. I was, and I, you know, that's what happened. But after, I decided to be um, Beyonce's Boo 88. Um, oh, you abandoned. I completely, okay. Yeah, I abandoned Aaliyah. Okay. I got remarried. What are her fans called? Because they're about to drag you. Um, Aaliyah's, Aaliyahites? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure what they're called. We miss you, Aaliyah. Um, and, we, and, yeah. Yes. Oh, no. She's still, like, I, more than a woman. Yes. Amen. Um, but I became a Beyonce, like, fan. Before Beyonce, this is so, she was, like, Destiny's Child days. Yeah, this was, um, this was Beyonce when she talked. Yeah, when she, like, spoke and gave bad interviews. And so, but I was still, like, obsessed with her. Um, and I was Beyonce's boot idiot. And then after people started, um, after that, I became, uh, I became, what was that? Oh, oh, this is bad. It was 
Caramel Nigga 06. And, and, You're and, never running for political office. N-I-9-9-A. Oh, <laughs> you were one of those. I was one of those. I was, but I didn't have a sidekick. I almost think that's better than the QQ. What's QQ? Like people would use Qs instead of Gs. I never experienced that. Oh. Don't say it was a Lancaster thing either, because you were in Riverside. Mm, there's a big difference between <laughs> Lancaster and Riverside. So if, for you guys that don't know, Lancaster is like the middle of nowhere where they do meth and have like warehouse parties. In Los Angeles County, unlike Riverside. On the outskirt, because they didn't but, know where else to put it. But what? But what's Riverside? Riverside is Riverside County. It's its own county. Oh, okay. It, Riverside has four colleges. It's an Lancaster's closer it's to a, Los Angeles mm, than Riverside. That's cute, but it's still in the middle of nowhere. Anyway, Riverside is very popular, and it was actually Riverside, California, where I was born and raised. Well, not born. See, I wasn't. But, I wasn't born and raised in Lancaster, um, so I had a lot of LA influence. So you should know that Lancaster was in the middle of nowhere. No, I agree. I mean, I cried. I was devastated when I moved. We are so off topic right now. That's what we do with introductions. We're very authentic characters until we're ready. We, we talk about our personal lives, our past lives, Aaliyah, Beyonce, and Nine Nine instead of a GG. Um, so we started off today. I needed my positivity tea because um, I actually got word last night. I was up a little bit late about the murder of Alton <clears throat> Sterling. And I don't think it really, in an actual video, um, was released of this cop in Baton Rouge. From a different angle. From a different the angle. original one that we saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. two. Yeah. Um, did you watch both of them? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I watched the, the enough of the second one to, to see what I knew already, to confirm. Right, right, right. What I knew. Right, 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 right. So, um, yet another hashtag, yet another, like, man was, uh, yeah. Yet it, another intersection for us as black lgbt gay i guess um men to 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 process and and deal with my main thing okay so basically what happened like the the guy was selling cds i'm from a shop or whatever the case may be um and there's been a lot of um you know, social media. Social media just like goes on fire when something like this happens. Um, and one of the comments that I saw on a friend of mine's page was, "You, you, he, you don't see what's happening before he's shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be resisting arrest. Why do you think it's okay to resist arrest? I do not care if he had a baseball bat." I do not care what he was doing resisting arrest or not resisting arrest. You cannot justify murder. It's it's a little exhausting to even continuously defend or articulate ourselves around why um, us as black Americans are, are due... Targeted. Due process. <laughs> like, I mean... It's all this rhetoric around, like, let's change the narrative. I'm sure they're going to release his past criminal record, or I'm sure he he was carrying a gun. And, and just all of these things that would negatively tarnish someone's character. But, I mean, from the America that I know, from the one that I studied in school, um, I know that we are innocent until proven guilty. That's what I thought 
Mm-hmm. So I'm in America, the beautiful and the free. Yeah, until the, you act free, the melting pot. Yeah, as Jesse Williams <laughs> said in his speech, until you act free, like that's fine. And so to constantly defend why basic human decency isn't respected and and expected of police forces throughout America is really exhausting. It's something I don't care to engage in too much. Um, it's another draining, unfortunate situation that I hope it's the justice and really the attention that it deserves. But, and I'm not desensitized, but again, I feel like there's only so many hashtags, there's only so many speeches, there's only so many Jesse Williams. There's only so many campaigns, like... And I'm not looking, I'm not looking to Hillary, I'm not looking to, I'm just looking for us as humans to really understand um the legacy of racism in this country and the legacy of slavery and and the institutions the way that less overt slavery i mean less overt racism has really um become rampant throughout mm-hmm. society and and when even though people aren't touting the the n-word anymore that mm, they are these covert ways are 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 excused and and legal lynchings like jesse mm-hmm. jackson said Right. And I think the the one is just like it continues to happen because they know that they could get away with it. Absolutely. Cops know that they could get away with shooting somebody in the head and maybe maybe lose their job. The guy's on paid leave right now. Absolutely. Paid leave. So he's on vacation. And Louisiana has a law where the cop can take up to thirty days before he's questioned about the happenings of that event. So you know, I mean, the rights of <laughs> the murderer seem to be mm-hmm. um, respected more than, than the victim here. We clearly see who the victim is. I don't care if that man was a devil-worshipping rapist. He deserves mm-hmm. due process like every other white man that we see with bulletproof jackets that, that, are, that are humanely walked out of their homes after shooting dozens of people and and just the craziest well, most heinous crimes but 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 we have a we have a process here mm-hmm. that's what our judicial system is based on and um blacks aren't respected in that way so mm-hmm. all the all all lives matter, matter touters can really sit down on right that. and ironically today um the dylan roof um attorney announced that he wanted the charges dropped and if you guys don't know who that is um he's a person that walked in and killed nine um black people at a bible study and they're arguing that because it's unconstitutional. And they had the audacity to bring up the 13th Amendment. What's, what's that? Slavery oh. is illegal. And this, like, I don't even know how that even correlates. So, like, if you guys could tweet me and, like, help me understand. Because at Jay's I just asked what the 13th Amendment was. Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I do have a degree no. in political science. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shame on you. But now you work at Stars, so you get know. it, girl. Yeah. But um, no, I just, I just, it's just crazy to me. And like we had the um, the swimmer last month, who they were begging to him to serve less time, for raping an unconscious oh. girl behind a dumpster. Yeah. And then like with that whole situation, like even with the father, you know, it's it's crazy to me because if I was in a situation, if I was that person, like regardless of my race, regardless of like you know, my ethnicity or, like, even sexuality, if I were to do something crazy and inhumane like that, my dad would not support me. No. At all. No. He would love me unconditionally. Like, unconditional is, like, real. But he would be like, no, send his ass to jail. 
Yeah. That's what he deserves. I mean, we were raised and, that wrong is wrong and right is right. And right. And so it's crazy to me that these people have, like, even the audacity. And, like, on, and on, on top of that, <laughs> to even privilege. say, like, you know, you're reducing, you're punishing this person for 20 minutes of an act for giving him, like, time in jail. And I'm just like, what about the victim? That 20 minutes of her life, well, she will never Be the get back. She will never get that back. And she was violated. You were given your body. That's the only thing you have when you're born. You have your body and you have your fucking mind. And for someone to violate that and reduce it to save you, like, oh, it's only 20 minutes? Like, mm-mm. Yeah, another mm-mm. day of exhaustion being black. Uh, and I'm going to set my positivity tea. Yeah. Um, speaking of being black, Wendy Williams. Lord. <laughs> Lord. 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 So, Wendy no. Williams... Decided to, and I believe she was giving commentary on the Justin Williams speech that we talked about last episode at the BET Awards. Was this a rerun? Because this happened almost now two weeks ago, so I'm confused. I I, I didn't see it, but I, I, I saw, saw the clip. I saw so. the clip, and his picture was in the background. Right, right. So, so maybe just, she was just addressing the way that late? like party for the party. Yeah, I don't I don't know her production um, schedule, but basically she was kind of addressing the whole um, HBCU situation as well as the NAACP, which she didn't even know what it stood for because she kind of stumbled over her words. Did you notice that? Now, now, <laughs> as a fan of Wendy Williams... I, well, I like num- her well, number, She's entertaining. Number Go one, on. I'm a fan and I'm also a... Well, I, as a fan, I, I watch as much as I can. And from day one, Wendy, Wendy kind of stumbles over, and I'm not defending this, but Wendy stumbles over a lot of crap. Um, so that didn't surprise me at all. And I didn't really find it like disrespectful, but I, I did find it interesting that as you critique something and say, like, you don't see the need for it, that you don't know what it stands for. So, so I did find that interesting, but continue. Um, so I just kind of want to get your, I guess, feedback on the comments. So basically she was just saying like, you know, HBCUs, like with, there was like a historically white, white college. Like how would I feel about that? Or what if there was, like, um, an NAAWP mm-hmm. for white people? Like, how would I feel about that? And I'm just like, okay, so, like, you have to understand that all of these different institutions, especially, like, black-owned operated things, were made because we were not allowed into other, other communities. Like, every single, pretty much every single college that is not an HBCU is a historically black college girl. Maybe maybe why? that's why I don't have a talk show because again this is something that I'm exhausted um trying to explain and and justify and you know what I'm really disappointed in Wendy Williams because I leave this these type of conversations up to Whoopi and Raven. Um oh, I've Lord. seen just... <laughs> I've seen no. Wendy Williams defend and speak fairly eloquently about black culture and um and appropriation and just just clearly have an understanding of the racial dynamics within this country on several occasions so to hear her say this is disappointing and a bit surprising even for someone as explosive and divisive as wendy williams um and so I don't know what college she went to, but I know she went to college. And so anybody that goes to college in this country, I I, I don't understand how you don't have that understanding of racial dynamics in a collegiate environment. But Mm. there are... Hmm. 
historically white institutions. They're called PWIs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the whole reason that HBCUs were created was because these spaces, we didn't have, we couldn't go to school. Right. We weren't even allowed in, so we had to make our own. And um, and then the whole idea that we don't need an NAACP, um, I mean, Stacey Dash said the same thing. And so I think these people are so removed from everyday reality when they get to a certain level of stardom or fame mm-hmm. that they... they Because their producers are probably white. Yeah, and I don't even... I, I don't know. I really don't know what to say about Wendy Williams or why because I do believe that she keeps herself isolated a bit from the hoopla of celebrityism. So again, it's just all in all, it's surprising to me that she said these things. I wish that she articulated herself a bit better. Um, her audience was dead. So you agree with her? No, 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 no. I oh, don't okay. agree with her. I, I would just I had when I say when I <laughs> no when I say I wish that she articulated herself a bit better. I just want an understanding of why she doesn't understand or where her tra- train of thought was coming from because her audience was dead silent. And I right. think I think as her she calls them her co-hosts. Right. So I think with that, I think she was thrown off and it made her stumble even more. So therefore, she really wasn't articulate. And it was just, you know, we, I think, and people are all over her. We have this reactionary society that I really find problematic because I I think there's not one person in the world that I know that says everything that I agree with. So for me to write off Wendy Williams because she doesn't necessarily hold the same point of views on HBCUs and NAACP as me is a bit foolish. So Mm -hmm. while, like, I understand that I don't agree and I think that it's ridiculous and ignorant, I mean, she, I don't agree with half the stuff she says about being... You know, like, it, it's, I, I just think no, people... I don't think... I would never write her off. Like, honestly, like, Wendy Williams is where she's at because she knows the, what she's doing. Like... Right. She she's had her she's radio causing show. these she, conversations and, and promoting people to have these explosive reactions. How do I digest that? She's... She's causing these conversations, but she's not doing it in a positive way. She, and that goes for everything. Her show is very, um, her show is very, uh, when it keep pop culture is just very out there and very, it's um, gossip driven. Right. Um, but I think just for this, like I said, I think she is, she may be like far removed, like in the world of fame. And like you she know, ain't that damn famous. Uh, she's famous enough. You see her walking down the street. You know exactly who she is. You know she's a black woman. Mm-hmm. And has her own TV show on Fox. An urban. She has an urban market. Mm-hmm. Wendy Williams does not is not like I said. I've seen her speak several times about race. So I just don't even. It just doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like Twitter went ham. Like some, I have some of the tweets from now right here. So one one person said, "Dear Wendy Williams." Um, every institution isn't that isn't an HBCU is a historically white college. Um, another person also said these comments by Wendy Williams makes me believe that her life must be void of any meaningful dialogue with peers. <laughs> well, I mean, I see, but that's well, that's why I say she's isolated in that way. I don't mean that she's removed from from blackness because Wendy Williams is very black to me. Um, our market is very urban to me. 
But what I do I what I do know of Wendy is that she doesn't have tons of friends. She stays to herself in Jersey. She does the show. She goes home to Big goes and Little Kev. So yeah, she doesn't have responsible people that would check me like you or Shar or Carol or Kalia or Brittany would call. Like I, by the way, Kendall's my mentee. <laughs> that would call and check me. If I were to say something, or even, not because I don't have that same platform, but if I were, if we were having a conversation, I would hope that somebody in my life would challenge those ignorant At ladies. least challenge. Just challenge. At least challenge it. You get, you're, you're, intelli- you're in a, gr- a grown-ass adult. But nobody adult. in her white-ass. You were a um, grown-ass adult. You could do whatever. Staff meetings was going to challenge her. To. Um, so, I mean, like, even kind of going on, like, what's, what's going on, like, with um, Orlando. So, I know we kind of talked about this at uh, I don't know what episode it was, but it happened. Um, it must have been New York. Kind of how the heterosexual community kind of reacted to Orlando versus, especially for us. I feel like I'm being Mary Jane right now. Like, remember when that episode of Being Mary Jane where she's like, I want to make my show not top back but top black? I don't watch that show. She's not a likable character. Oh, so you got. We've talked about being Mary Jane. Being Mary Jane is my. I'm not gonna say my spirit animal, but we have a lot of parallel um, stories from season one, season two, and season three when it comes to relationships, dating, and career. I did recently watch season three. Somebody put me on like I was watching TV with them, and they had that on, and it was much more enjoyable. Yeah, she was, she, but she, she was re- sympathetic because she was in an accident. Sorry for the spoiler. Like she was, she was bruised. No, you're and, late. It's not a spoiler. You're late. I know, right, right, you're right. So, you're if people tired. haven't watched, um, but go ahead. Um, I don't even know what I was saying. Um, Orlando, how people kind of like reacted to, um, Orlando versus to this. Like, do you see a significant? Because there was a, kind of like a controversial tweet scenario. I witnessed earlier with someone that I know and with someone else I also know. <laughs> um, who basically this person stated like, I'm not going to say anything because I don't, you know, know if people are going to talk to me if this happened happened to me. Let's be clear. Jason's talking about me. <laughs> you and didn't say that. I didn't say that. I was defending the other side of that. Um, so basically, I saw someone tweet that um, I saw someone post a Pray for Orlando um, image this morning, mm-hmm. the, the morning after um, we we saw about uh, Mr. Sterling. And so I thought it was interesting. The timing was interesting. But I, but I also, in my head, I was like, well, okay, we shouldn't forget about Orlando. Like, these things come and go, Absolutely. and it's really unfortunate. And then I saw them make a statement where they said that they weren't going to say anything anything more than they are sorry for the family of Alton Sterling mm-hmm. because um, but they weren't going to say anything more because society has essentially I, I can't get this verbatim made them jaded enough to feel um, like their fellow their their heterosexual brothers and sisters wouldn't say anything um, in response to didn't say anything in response to Orlando right and um, it, it it really ignited something in me because first of all I thought it was it was ignorant. Second of all, I thought I think oppression Olympics is one of the most, especially at the intersection of being black. oppression Olympics. That's a good. 
I didn't. I can't take credit. I, I learned it somewhere in college. That's a good term. Oppression Olympics. Because that's really what it is. It's like we we should Who's all. Who's oppression more? Right. right. Like no no no. And <laughs> and I think and, and when we come at the intersection of like being black and gay, it's it, we can identify with so much oppression mm-hmm. and so much bigotry and so much hate spewed towards us on a daily basis. And I think that you know before anybody sees your gayness. I think you, you definitely wear your blackness on your shoulders. Unless you're um, like Magic Johnson's time. Uh, <laughs> I see his We're going to get to femininity, okay? We are. Um, <laughs> so, I think that it was just really irresponsible. It was a bit of trolling to me. I think in a moment of tragedy. Um, and and I talked... Shar and I spoke about this on a personal level where... I don't feel like any anybody, any one person support or not even support, but outspoken support. So a tweet or a text message from a friend and during, after the Orlando thing, it didn't really move me in any one way of, of feeling about that person or the situation. And I say that to say anybody that I respect or hold in any regard in my life, I anticipate would find such a human tragedy to be an awful horrendous experience and mm-hmm. and i don't need you to come to me and and check on me and and i mean as my friends like i hope we can have this open dialogue and if i feel a way that i want to reach out but to me this whole like holding Nicki Minaj accountable or or wanting your or wanting heterosexual men to be in support and and if if your silence speaks to your homophobia i think is very assumptive and it's a part of this very social media reactive society that we want people to do things the way that we want them to do it and i don't need that okay well i will with that said i will say that for me i think my biggest issue was that like you know just how black people complain that kim kardashian's taking her braids and you know burr you know cornrows and blah 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 like the black community has a lot of things that are taken from them and made white it is nothing new i took the american studies class back in the day what i'm seeing now now more is that that's happening with the gay community like mm. gay became popular with the ninis and the tamars of the world right yeah. mm. bopping and you know mm. even like with um you know shade and da, 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 like all mm. those terms are from mm. paris's burning in the 80s and they're just not becoming popular because it's like oh well i'm act like a black gay man uh-huh. and you know bop around as well as companies you know absolute has rainbow bottles and da, 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 like there's a lot of things that are happening in corporate america that is making like gay cool Mm-hmm. But my biggest issue with the whole Orlando thing, and we've talked about this before, so I'm going to make it really quick, is that, you know, people want to get invites to the Abbey to hang out with their gay best friend because it's cool, but as soon as something is shot up, you're silent. That was my biggest issue. My issue was but- just like, I don't need the personal statement from Nicki Minaj. Like, I don't know her, but the fact that there was even a situation where I told somebody, I was like, I am hurt by this. And they were just like, okay, well... Um, like, kind of next subject. And I was just like, no, I don't think you understand. <laughs> like, Well, I think there's a difference between feeling like, well, why didn't you say anything versus, well, if a straight man doesn't say anything, he must be homophobic. And I think... No, no, I don't think that at all. I, and well, I, I think, think people needed to be made aware of, like, 
Yeah. The people need to be made aware. Like, your our community is hurting. Like, you think it's all fun and games at the Abbey, and it's all fun and games to walk on a parade, yeah. and we're, like, glitter yeah. and streamers and shit. But as soon as, like, something negative happens to us, right. it's like, oh, no, I don't, want, I don't want any part. The biggest thing is you, you it's, it's, it's that appropriation issue where you cannot borrow from a culture the things that you find to be appealing and, and glossy. Mm-hmm. And then when but it comes to... But not want to live. Right, right. When, when it comes to the real travesties and, and, and issues of that culture, you're completely silent. Justin right. Timberlake. <sighs> Did you listen to the last episode with me, Mark, and DJ in Brooklyn? I haven't listened yet. Just, JT got brought up. Ain't nobody loving like I love you. That is like my favorite song. Not ever, but like I like that song. Um, I don't know. So we we brought up um, EJ Johnson, which congratulations on his new show um, <laughs> on BT. Is it BT or E? It's E. It's E. It's E. Yeah, E. Yes, EJ has a good relationship with E. Mm-hmm. Amen. He might be the next Kardashian. Uh, is it that entertaining? I don't watch. I don't either. He's not my. Nothing against him. That's just not my my brand of television. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not for my demo. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, since you know, Shar is a heterosexual woman. Since we had two men here on the line, we kind of wanted to address masculinity. Um, so, people in LA, if you are in LA on July twenty sixth, I'm actually going to be facilitating a. Uh, I'm not going to say workshop, but more of, like, a conversation kind of on, like, masculinity, femininity, um, stigmas, blah, 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 blah. And that's going to be in the meantime, in the meantime, men's group. So I have a flyer probably on my Instagram in the next week or so. Um, so come out, support. We're giving away free books. Um, so we love free books. So we love to read, right? But we kind of wanted to, like, move the conversation in that direction of, like, what it this is a big issue because, like, if you even look at like social apps like um, Jack or Grinder, like people say no fats, no fems, and like there's all these like there's hangups with the way that people kind of operate in the world. There's hangups with people the way people have sex as gay men, what they like and don't like, or if they really don't like it or not because they're still socially programmed to be men and like what is a man mm-hmm. and it's like these, almost these hyper hyper masculine gender roles that have been perpetuated due to patriarchy and misogyny and all those great terms that we learned throughout life. Um, I was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we're talking about, we're talking about uh, femininity in in dating, right? In our preferred partners or just in general? Well, I mean, just, just in general, like, I think the way, like, it kind of affects the way we operate in life. And like, and it's funny because... One of the episodes that we previously recorded, like, a guy who... And, like, even it has to, like, tops and bottoms. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was, like, a bottom. wasn't feminine, but he was just, like, you know, if I'm dating a guy who is a top and he's masculine and, like, he has one too many drinks and, like, queens out for, like, two seconds, to him it's unattractive. Yeah, and, I mean, I think on one hand we have to embrace what what we like and what we don't like. Mm-hmm. But I think what we, the way that we speak about these things, the way we perpetuate these things, the way that we, you know, use our platform, and I really use that phrase a lot because I think a lot of people, um, you, Jace, like you have a big following. Like I would be really disappointed in you if I saw you say, yeah, you're entitled to your own opinion, but I hope 
unlike Wendy Williams, that you would be articulate enough to express yourself, to, to let people understand that train of thought and how you got to that point and not be irresponsible in perpetuating these, these horrible, offensive issues that kind of set the movement back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it comes to femininity, um, I think it, it will be a long-standing issue in the gay community. It has been. It will be. The black gay community. Let's be specific. Now, that is true. Now, this... <laughs> that is... Now, if you want to bring the racial because, dynamic, that's a whole different no, no, conversation. No, 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 no. But, but, like I said, I'm making it talk black instead of talk back, like being very Yeah. Gay. Okay. But, like, what's funny, one thing I kind of noticed about, um, like, white gay couples is that they always date someone looks just like them. Have you noticed that? I don't I pay attention. I don't pay attention. I pay attention. They'll date someone who looks just like them. It's always just so funny to me. Because, like, you can't, like, if you look at, like, a black gay couple, and, like, for the straight friends out there, listen up. Like, pay attention <laughs> when you're out something. there. Learn something. Like, right. just pay attention. Like, when you see normally, I'm not going to say all the time, but when you normally see, like, a black gay couple, there's always, like, the trade, which is like this person who's perpetuated as like this hyper masculine, like baseball hat, saggy pants, and then like so the feminine one who is more, you know, glossy, if you will. But it's just interesting to see that dynamic because it's like almost like a well, it's not almost, it's like a heterosexual like narrative right, put right, on right, like a couple. Right. And it's like, no, like you are still That's two men, the... boo boo. I mean, it's almost like it, it's, it's counterproductive to. Being gay, like, right. why are you still trying to live in this heterosexual space and these heterosexual norms and expectations? And um, so, okay, to touch on the whole d- dynamic of being black gay versus a white gay, I th- I always find that very interesting. So for me, like a lot of times when I even encounter heterosexual white men, I don't know if they're gay or heterosexual. Like I recently had an encounter mm-hmm. where I was going to lunch and this guy. Um, I think he, he worked at another agency and, um, he said that he had seen me and my, my, uh, the other publicity, um, intern and we're both black and I don't know what, I don't know what it was about us, but he, he was very intent on meeting us and talking to us. And I walked away like confused, like, was he hitting on me? Was he just being like friendly? Like he wanted friends, like mm-hmm. young friends, whatever. And I find that a lot where white masculinity is not challenged. Channing Tatum can get up there and mm-hmm. dress as Beyonce mm-hmm. and do run the world or whatever he did and go back to being the dreamy guy from right. Magic Mike and, and But have Kanye West put on a pink sweater. Or or Kanye the the kilts Kanye you know Kanye's very fashion forward. It, it, black masculinity is very fragile. It's, it's another issue that we have to address in our community. But um, to go on to that, I just think that you have to live in a space where understand who you are and understand what you want in a partner. And so for me, I really I know what I like, and yes, I would prefer a guy that is a bit more masculine. I do. But I do understand the reality that most gay men identify with a level of femininity. Like, that's... Uh, most of the time, that's I our... I think most men in general. Like, I have straight friends who are, like, low-key feminine. And that's I don't think, a whole different... Uh, well, chapter two. Yes. But I, 
I think so. If if you know if if no fems no no bot whatever no fats no fems no fats no fems is your Kendall thing. Don't got don't go, uh, don't got the app. No, I don't. Like, because I they do it. things like that. I don't. Want, I I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I just be who you are and understand what you want. And there's one one of my friends who's in a homosexual relationship, and I really respect them for who they are. I never hear them refer to like tops or bottoms, or I never see like I've seen them one. Like standing in front of the, if we're like at the Abbey or something, like one standing in front of the other, like not bent over, dance, but you know, like feeling no, comfortable. Like, and yes. we can go out, we can go out the next night and it'll be the other one. Like they're totally comfortable in their skin and mm-hmm. in their roles as men. As they men. are both as two men, as two men who happen to be attracted to each other. And I have no idea what happens in their sex life. And I don't want to know because it really, I mean, I don't know in a heterosexual relationship if you're know. having anal or vaginal sex. I mean, I don't sex. care who's doing that, but like, you know I know, I know, I know about, but he's, so he's kind of cute. Anyway, I like kind of watch a little bit. Oh, absolutely not. Want no parts. But um, <laughs> shout out to Blank. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on femininity? Like, do you have a taste? Do you like? How do you speak about it when when you are seeking a mate? Hmm. I mean, I think, I mean, I've said this before, like, I've dated, like, all types. I've dated shorter than me. I've dated taller yeah, than me. Same. I've dated people who want to wear fucking lip gloss and, like, bejewels and people who, like, want to wear fitted caps and, like, cuss like a sailor. Like, that. I've never really, like, viewed, uh, I've never really viewed men as masculine or feminine. I just viewed them as people. Um, who I was attracted to. So, like, what you brought to the table is what you brought to the table. I've never been, like, turned off. I mean, there's some things that are, like, annoying. Like, why do you take to, why do you take so long to get ready? And, like, stuff like that that annoys me that mm-hmm. come We all with, have our taste. Right, but that come with, you know, being being a feminine man. Because, like, even I have friends who, like, want to put on makeup and shit. And, like, that's fine. But, like, don't have me waiting. That, <sighs> but, like, I don't care. Like, once they get out, we get out. Um, But... I mean, I've dated a wide spectrum, and I think my biggest issue is, is just, like, one, bottom shaming, because, like, that's just become a thing where I don't understand why someone who is, like, a top feels like they're more of a man. Yes. Not even dominant. Okay, okay, we... Okay, so there was a guy I was interested in at the club one time, and he asked me, are you passive or aggressive? And I knew what the fuck he was trying to ask me. And I was just like, what are you trying to... But I was like, what are you trying to say? He was like, well, you know. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't know. Explain this to me. And he was just like, well, are you top or bottom? Now I was that's like, a turn off. So what does that mean? I was like, so I can't be an aggressive bottom or a passive top? Like, you make zero sense. And I think that these are the type of things in the situations. Like, that's, that's my big issue when it comes to masculinity and femininity. It's the fact that people are labeling that and associating that with their sex life. You can be the most masculine man on the planet. You can be tall as fuck, like, crusty-ass feet. Like, don't brush your teeth and love the fucking bottom. Like... That, yeah, like, I, and I don't... I don't understand. And then, like, or people... that, that there's no fluidity in it. Mm-hmm. There are gay men that love football and love Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Like there, it, it's there's a spectrum, and that's when I, that's a, that goes back to like the Whitney Houston thing. <clears throat> it's like, why did I have to be gay because I enjoyed 
right a great voice mm-hmm. um and it, it it's i mean there's things that are, that are perpetuated throughout our childhoods throughout our, our entire lives and many times through our parents in, in various ways but i think that it's it's our responsibility um to understand again who we are and what we want and just like i said just use it when you like talking like that the whole idea of bottom shaming like to to, to feel like if i'm a if i enjoy being getting fucked in the asshole anally penetrated getting fucked in the asshole i am any less of a man um i think that that is unfortunate um and i think the people that engage in the whole i still top or whatever movement are irresponsible <laughs> and um some of the most feminine men that i know mhm hmm Oh, Lord. Okay, we're not... Okay, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. For me, I'm a man. I'm a gay man. I like a man's body. That means I like his dick just as much as I like his asshole. Right, I right. know people have preferences. Like, I am well aware. But do not let... Do not let these, like, heterosexual narratives, like, define who you are, like... Wouldn't and, it be great the, if E.J. Johnson was the top? I mean, he may be. No, I've never even saying. thought about that. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, wouldn't that would be great? Like, so barrier breaking. Really? I don't. But that's the thing. Like, I've never looked at him and like, oh, he's the bottom. I just looked at him as gay it's, and feminine. But I've never, like, associated his, like, antics with, like. Jay's just put me on blast, y'all, low key. Why? Because I, I mean, that's fair. That's that's a good point. Because I'm yeah. saying that I would, obviously, I would be surprised if he was top. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just like, I never, like, yeah. and that's it. And that's honestly, like, a handicap with me, too. Not a handicap, but, like, I didn't even realize that there were, like, tops and bottoms. So I was, like, mm, later on in life. Maybe, well, like, hope, early 20s. Because, I I, like, I... every single person that I had dealt with before, that wasn't really, like, a situation. It was just like, oh, we're two men. Let's fuck No, I think, it, yeah, same here. I don't think it came about as far as, at least the, that terminology mm-hmm. until recently. And and I've been asked on very few occasions and I really hope that I give off the aura that that question is off limits because it, that's a turn off. Are you passive or aggressive? <laughs> I am one of the most aggressive people <laughs> that you'll meet. I am not a passive person. In- so Kindle is actually <laughs> this is actually now the giveaway Kindle show. So tweet um in your profiles as well as a headshot, and we'll be auctioning off Kindle. Me and Shar will be auctioning off Kindle on the next episode. Kindle underscore Radio. JW is the Twitter, by the way. Oh, so he wants to participate. No, that was a complete because that, joke. I didn't give anything away. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's 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 that. You don't kiss and tell. Do we have more? Um, your diversity. Oh, we can save that. Save it? Why not? Let's talk about it. So, I have an issue with the word (laughs) diversity, and I wanted to get Jace's take on it. Like, I feel like it is the most, like, fleek was in 2015, and, like, I don't know, lit is in 2016. I see diversity as a 2015 word that's carried over and become more popular, more overused, more saturated. Um, okay, but say your reasoning behind because we're we're talking we're talking about this in the car on the way here, and I was like, well, let's let's. Um, 
like when it comes to like Oscar so white and we have we're calling for like more inclusion and like networks are are doing Uncle Bucks with all black, black casts and mm-hmm. and we're getting the underground shows and, you know and we're just we're we're getting this this word is touted as just just the hot button topic and what everybody should be doing just more inclusion more diversity and I want to know what you think on right um, that so kind of what sparked my brain thinking that you were explaining was like you know there was a situation where you know there was one black sitcom for the Emmys I believe that was going against a bunch of sitcoms that were prominently white and well, although- Os- well Oscar so white began no it was a mike epp show oh my what i was saying yeah in the car? no my, it wasn't nominated i was saying that the show just got canceled mike epp's uncle buck just okay. got canceled and what i was saying is that i feel like it was abc saying here here's a black show another one right and right, 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 putting right, it on, right. and the show was awful right so if that is your idea of diversity i don't want it right so that's kind of what so that I used to work for Abercrombie and Fitch mm-hmm. as a manager, mm-hmm. and because there were so many lawsuits, they were all about diversity. So me as a manager having to like interview people, yeah. which we all know Abercrombie and Fitch, Hollister, they they call their floor room people models, mm-hmm. and they do that so they don't get sued for hiring someone to fit a certain image. Mm-hmm. So, I would... I.e. not hiring ugly people. We could hire people of all looks, but they wouldn't necessarily be on the floor. And that's... Exa- it was terrible. Ter- like, the structure of that company is horrific. Like, things that we had, like, even manager training, like, we had a booklet of, like, what our staff needs to look like. Like, mm. it was terrible. But that's what they are. And I know so, another Fortune 500 company that's like that. I'll keep them nameless. Right. But, um, yes. um, but it was kind of interesting to me when you said that because it's like, you know what, like, I would have to interview these people who were like, probably the most like, introvert, socially awkward, like, I could probably tell that they weren't the best for the job, but because of the way that they looked, I hired them. Mm-hmm. And also because... You know, even my district manager would give me people like, hey, this is, I saw this girl at, you know, the cheerleading camp session at Azusa Pacific, and she's great. Why is she great? Why would she be a great salesperson? Well, she's pretty. Right. She fits the mold of Abercrombie. Did you hear her squeak? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so I would have to, like, and that's kind of like how you kind of, like, that's exactly what kind of went through my head when you were explaining this to me. I was like, you know what, like, we are all about like diversity and inclusion, but like we need to make sure that what we're including in that is good content. Yes. Like there's so it's much content based. out there. Yeah. And and that's one thing. Like I love a good, well put together black show. Especially <laughs> if it's gay. I'm just like, yes, because <laughs> a lot of times I be going to these things and I'm just like, why are we serving Kool-Aid at this event? Why? Mm-hmm. 
why like i am all about aesthetics like i come from like pr and events and so i like i'm very like mm-hmm. in tune with the way things look and mm-hmm. are presented mm-hmm. and if i don't like it i don't care what race you are you could be hispanic mexican black right. if i don't like it i do it's not tacky, fucking tacky. like it and it's just like i think that we need to do a better job at just making things more presentable and having like great content in terms of focusing on like well I'm black so include me like no 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 like you need to make sure that what you're putting out into the universe and to the mm-hmm. media is good as shit now before we get attacked for this or at least me because I don't know if you care but I, I really don't <laughs> you could tweet me what I <laughs> will say is that again we have to look at the showrunners we have to look at executives so to me I don't put this on Mike Epps or Nia Long because I, I think don't these people are proven, competent, funny actors mm-hmm. that have been in a plethora of things that are worthy of primetime network television. Mm-hmm. I, I think this, again, was ABC's way of inclusion and not putting a full effort into number one, promotion, and number two, the writing and the whole development of the show. And so it was poorly done. And mm-hmm. so to me, it's their way of saying, well, we gave them the opportunity. And NBC did the same thing with the Carmichael show. But the Carmichael mm-hmm. show is written, produced, created by a black comedian. So I think that it, but I don't know how much hand Mike Epps had in the production process of this show. Right. So I think it's, it, it before we... Not before, but just as we critique and as we challenge ourselves to be better, we also have to think of the entities at the top and the people. Oh, it's so much harder. That are people, but the people that are that are fate, are hand that are in in their mm-hmm. hands, and so um, we only have so much power. So right. Nia Long just has to go go in and do the lines, show up and like say her lines, and if they're bad, mm-hmm. they're bad, uh, bad poorly written. I agree. And that's nothing new. Like, you know, I was actually watching on Char's Instagram the other day. It was an interview with... Uh, Bethany and Omarosa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And basically, which... Don't ever call my sh- come on my show and say some crazy ass <laughs> shit. First now, Omarosa first, is famous. Omarosa is that. famous for showing up on someone else's show and saying some crazy ass shit to them. If I ever, ever... In fact, well, what? But... No, but what she said was absolutely okay. correct. But like, don't come on my show. But she did it to Wendy, and Wendy she got did. it together, right? Yeah. Um. But anyways, basically, she was saying like, you know, you can be basic. She said, uh, "White women are mediocre for mediocrity. Mediocrity. That's yes. what it was, it was mediocrity." And she had to work like ten times harder as a black woman. And I absolutely agree. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. But then she she stands for Donald Trump. So you know, it's, she's, it's two she's sides confl- of the coin. She's conflicted. Um, but like we do have to work ten times hard. Yes. And women as well, like, yes. have to work ten like it is known facts that they are being paid less than men. Yes. And Stacey Dash I'm actually don't even mention her name. So anyways, but I'm saying like we just need to make sure that yeah, we have to work ten times hard and that fucking sucks. That fucking sucks. But embrace but make that. sure that we're what we're presenting yeah. is quality work. Yeah. And and attack me no, or not. No, no, but, like, I've seen a lot of, like, lazy yeah. work. And I'm just like, no. Ooh, no. And it has nothing to do with, like, race or anything like yeah. that. I'm just like, I just... And then, but, yeah, it, it's it's just funny. I think it's it's something that, that we can continue to talk about. But, like, there's other shows that are all white cast that are poorly done that aren't necessarily Absolutely. canceled. Like, I said Uncle Buck got canceled after his, after eight-episode run. 
Um, and I don't know if it would have improved. I didn't really care to see it get better. I'm glad it's kind of done. But um, there are other shows on ABC that are awful, that are still mm-hmm. on. Um, Horrific. With, like I said, with all black cast. So again, we just have to look at it and... And, you know, bef- kind of before you put your name on something, before you, you move forward, um, be proud of that um, before we kick and scream and cry and beg for more. Um, because I think we get more by proving um, being the Ryan Kuglers who, who directed Creed, um, wrote and directed Creed, and, and coming out with great content that's almost mm-hmm. unarguably... Um, great mm-hmm. um so yeah that's my thoughts i agree those are my thoughts yeah i mean like like i said like diversity i mean i always push for diversity with it and that's the whole like and that does not only include race no yeah no like like I, we talked about last episode with the whole the girl um Issa Rae, who put up the gay it wasn't even gay it was a show that was had two gay characters in it and there was a whole gay agenda da 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 like it was a mess but like there's more diversity yes I don't want to see, normalize I want to see more Asians too yes I would love to see that fresh off the boat's pretty good you should watch this comedic is that like a euphemism for like it's not that funny um I mean I watch it I think it's kind of funny that they kind of use such a derogatory term <laughs> for the show. Oh, fresh off the boat. That kind of threw me off at first. But, I mean, I've watched the show. It's funny. And, you know, it's, it reminds me of blackish, but the Asian version. Yeah. You know, just, like, typical, like, Asian cultural things. And, like, cult, sorry, Asian-American. Because, like, blackish is not is, uh, African-American. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, black people who are, you know, not portrayed as, you know... How to explain this? Like middle class black people yeah. in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fob is middle class Asians yeah. in America, but so like identify with culture and stuff like that. Did you so. call it fob? Fresh off the boat. I, I've never heard it referred to. That's as that. why. Yeah. So okay. So when I worked at Abercrombie, I worked at um, the Arcadia store, which is heavily populated with like Asian. So mm-hmm. like all my staff was like Asian, and they used to teach me so much stuff. And you know I went to China too, so fresh, so fob is fresh off the boat. I've never heard that's, that. But that's it's like a derogatory term Absolutely. towards Asians. It's like oh you're a fob. And, and I I mean I I kind of like that they played with that. Mm. It's to me it's kind of like embracing the word nigga. Mm. But I feel like okay well embracing the word nigga is just like that's I'm not gonna say it's made it okay. For other races to use it, but it's just like... Uh, I feel like if you really get it, uh, if you really understood as someone that's not an in-group member, mm-hmm. you wouldn't use it. It's those people, to me, that don't get it. It's you want to be down with the culture, but you don't want to be down with the struggle. So that's why Ooh, I... That's I, a I, whole I, other... Yeah. You and Shark could do that episode. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, it was good um, talking to y'all folks. Sorry this episode is so late. It has been a very trying week. If you are in Las Vegas, make sure you guys show up to Kiss and Tell Live Las Vegas. We will be interviewing Senator Kevin Ekinson and his lovely husband, 
Woody. I'll be there too. He will be there in full effect. Um, so yeah, if you want more information about that, visit katnetworks.com. Um, this is going to be a good show. Um, a lot of couple surprises. You guys should win a VIP pass to some immaculate thing. I'm not a Vegas person. Like, I went to Vegas and we used to just like go to... Um, Oop, and that's the time going off on me. Um, <laughs> we used to go to Vegas and go to um, like Tao Beach and Wet Republic and all like like yeah. that was my Vegas scene. I never went anything beyond like the strip. The strip. Yeah. I don't know anything residential about yeah. the culture or anything. So it seemed to be really actually interesting for me because um, I've never seen it or experienced it. So I'm happy to get some Vegas culture in me. And, you know. Well, thank you again for having me, and I hope. Where can we find you, Kendall? Where can we, can we... Oh, you in know... people get angry with you and they want to tweet you. <laughs> um, Kendall underscore JW on Twitter and mm-hmm. uh, Instagram is Kendall.JW, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, find me there. Tweet me. Follow me. Do all that good stuff. Double tap. Tap, tap all day. And you guys know where I'm at. Unfortunately, I barely know where I'm at, so you guys probably have a better idea. Chase is so turned around. I am so backwards. Like, talk to me on August 1st. All right. Love you guys. See you next time. Or talk to you next time. (laughs)